Welcome to Season 1, Episode 18 of Bryce and Ren and Corey in the House. I'm Bryce Henderson. I'm one of the co-hosts of this podcast. Uh, today we'll be discussing Season 1, Episode 18 of Corey in the House, titled Ain't Got Rhythm. And with me, as always, to discuss Corey's shenanigans, his antics, his schemes is one Renan Fontas. Ren, how are we doing tonight? Bryce, I'm doing great, but you're about to feel a little embarrassed. Oh, the name, of, the name of the show isn't Corey in the house. It's Maury in the house. Maury in the house. Uh, how, how do you how do you figure? I mean, the show's about that failed DC three drummer who was with them before the stick man came on. Yeah. Yep. So we get a, a nice inside look in uh, into some failures of one Corey Baxter. Would is you that say that this episode is the last Jedi of Corey in the house? Uh. I don't know what you mean by that. <laughs> uh, we'll just move on then. Okay. I mean, The Last Jedi. Is that eight? Because nine yeah. is Rise of Skywalker, right? Yeah, nine's Rise of Skywalker. Uh, did, this episode, did this episode have a moment that I felt was equivalent to running a ship at hyperspeed through a much bigger ship? Corey did some serious damage at the end. I w- yeah, I would say that the the climactic moment of this episode is the Cory in the House equivalent of that moment. And perhaps, I'm trying to think, I guess maybe uh, Sophie and Samantha, uh, their storyline is a bit like the casino planet. Irrelevant. I have and a lot of thoughts. Not needed. Samantha Samuels' episode. Uh, Ren, do you want to do some housekeeping before we talk about the actual episode of Cory in the House? Yeah, let's dive right on in. Yeah, I- I'd love it. So uh, today I actually used our Twitter account for the first time, uh, I think maybe ever. Why wasn't I told of this? That I used it? Bryce, you know I want to be an active part of our Twitter. Okay. Well, I, I mean, I can share the password with you. You should know, didn't you ever learn in computer class and never share okay. your password? <laughs> well, I'll, uh, can I, like, I don't know how Twitter works really, so I'm trying to figure it out. Can I subtweet you every time I tweet something? Uh, what did you do on Twitter? I'm looking at it right now. It says the last post was, your last tweet was from November. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, uh, go to like tweets and replies because I replied to something Jason Dolly said. And told him that, like, oh, we watched we watched episodes of Corey in the House. We like you. Come be on our podcast. <clears throat> Let me read it out loud for our fans. <laughs> At Jason S. Dolly. This week on our podcast, we're discussing the episode where Corey loses his rhythm. We'd love to have you on sometime to talk about our time on Corey in the House as we watch through and discuss every episode. Newt's by far our favorite part of the show. <clears throat> yeah, so he didn't respond, which I'm kind of shocked about. Me too, a little bit of, not annoyed, but, uh, mm-hmm. you know. Bothered. I, I rubbed the wrong way. Yeah, so, but what what I've thought about Ren, because we did get one one rando who started to follow us, and 
the thing is Facebook is like a, a social media that you use when you have a following or like want to build a community and people know how to find you. But to get people to find us, we should probably be using Twitter. Yeah. So I think that we should start to do that a little bit more. Uh, come up with like maybe a, a, ha- I don't, a hashtag, I guess, like Corey in the house. People would follow that. Yeah, because that way if people are on Twitter and they are looking up anything but Corey in the house, they could naturally find our podcast. <clears throat> um, so we'll, we'll figure that out this week, but I, I think we should use the Twitter more. And then on that same note, uh, I had posted in uh, my Facebook town page uh, not advertising for our podcast, but asking if uh, the local yearbook uh, takes sponsors. <laughs> yes. Did they did they respond? So they don't. However, the <laughs> the local football team does. Uh, some people were very friendly. They they had all sorts of ideas. The local football team does have a uh, like a, a book or something that they sell, <clears throat> and uh, I would love to like take out a full page or something like that in a, in a local town book advertising this podcast. Let's look for local high school shows and buy ad space in their programs. Yeah. Oh, like, uh, like place. I mean, it's hard because of COVID. Are you thinking someone's like, probably doing like, uh, you know, socially distance, distant doubt. <laughs> well, or on that note, could we potentially because um, the, the arts are sometimes underfunded so is it potential potentially we could have like a you know donate a little bit of money and then get like Bryce and Ren and Corey in the house podcast presents Bryce and Ren and Corey fund yeah. the arts <laughs> uh, but yeah I, I think that that's something that we can think about and so I want to mention on the podcast because if any of our listeners have any ideas or suggestions as well for us getting an ad in like a yearbook or a uh, it, it needs to be small time I'm not willing to pay yeah. like a decent Top amount level. of money but I, I wouldn't mind getting an advertisement for our podcast and somewhere really obscure I think we should do it uh so Red that that's what I have for housekeeping is there anything you want to say are you ready to dive in let's jump in okay uh, I felt like this episode, the A and the B plot, uh, I actually feel like they worked well together. Okay. I'm just putting this out there right at the beginning. All right. I'll feel that out as we discuss okay. things. I have no thoughts on that right now. Okay. Uh, so we start the episode with the DC three. They're we got back. A new song. <laughs> They're playing a new song. Uh, does this bring us up to a song number five or four? four i wrote down the lyrics okay uh they they go there isn't a time i don't see your face Mm -hmm. then Corey says cut seven times yes we actually i I don't think we hear past this opening (laughs) i don't know never do in the episode (laughs) it's probably the easiest song for them to write for this show yet what i think happened with this episode the writers wanted to do another music themed episode but as they started writing the song, they only got these two lines, got writer's block, and then just deleted <laughs> the rest. <laughs> yeah, I, or what they did is they had, I think it could be possible that they paid a writer like by the hour to write some songs. And so they only had two hours to the end write, of the session. Them. Yeah, so it was the end of the session. <laughs> they didn't want to pay him to finish it. <laughs> 
Yeah, they were like, take your 26 bucks and leave. You've made your money. Uh, so Corey, yeah, Corey yells cut as they start to sing. Uh, he has convinced, because uh, the band needs to be better than what they're doing now. He's not happy with how they sound. They need to be off the chain because Corey's convinced uh, music manager Vince Valentine to come to the show. That's right. Corey managed to convince a top music producer to come to a local Washington DC cafe mm-hmm. where children hang out called the library. Yes. And how did he do it, Ren? Cause you know, Corey has his ways. What did, what did he, how did he do it? Corey did it the old fashioned way by abusing his white house emails. Uh huh. I want to hear some lock him up chance for this. <laughs> I, I didn't read those emails. I didn't realize just by living in the white house that you automatically get a white house email address. See Baxter at whitehouse.gov. Yeah, that was it. Email of Vince Valentine probably has the like White House stamp of approval on it as well. Um, yeah, and so sure. Big news though. He's coming. Vince Valentine is coming, Ren. Bryce, did you jot down what they're paid in and what Newt is hoping they'll be paid in, in instead? I did because I'm actually Team Newt on this one. So they're still being paid in juice. And that's something that we knew has been happening. Newt is excited because if this all goes well, he might be able to get paid in mozzarella sticks. My question here is, what's the exchange rate of smoothies to mozzarella sticks? <laughs> Ju- juice to mozzarella sticks? Uh, I would say, if it's a fresh smoothie, I would say five mozzarella sticks for one medium smoothie. Okay. Mm-hmm. So th- if they're currently getting paid at the you know worth of a medium smoothie i think that they would be newt believes they would be getting five mozzarella sticks worth or or more but would they be getting five mozzarella sticks per person or five to share to share share. yeah yeah not so good a deal now huh Mm -mm. who who doesn't get a second stick so newt yeah newt's thinking oh who doesn't get it um i think Corey eats three I agree. Corey eats three and acts like he only ate one and tries to eat a fourth. Because <laughs> he, yeah, he tells Newt, he, he points at, uh, he tells Newt that there's like a, a medical uh, something, medical, I don't know, flu shot down the road. And so he sends Newt away. Newt gets distracted. Corey eats the fourth mozzarella stick. And then, you know, Mina gets hers. Uh, so Newt wants. He's excited because he thinks that if things go well, they'll get paid mod sticks. But Corey is excited because if things go well, he, uh, he gets money. That's right. They'll become DC $300. Which is, of course, Corey's trying to profiteer on this thing that they started for fun. Was this always in the back of Corey's mind? Was that they could do this for profit? Of course. Corey is all about ambition. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're along for the ride, though. Mina and Nudar are into it. Yeah, they are into it. Well, also because Corey's vision for the band says they're only going to go so far without a keyboard player. Um, Mina does not agree. She says, if the yak's not hungry, don't feed it. Do Mm. you feel like the yak is hungry for DC3? I don't think that the yak is hungry for DC3. I think the yak probably is just hungry for grass, dead grass dead grass mm-hmm. yaks don't eat f- fresh grass i don't think so uh 
I don't know. Goodness. I mean, if they eat enough of it, then the grass that grows is not really going to be super fresh. So if he, <laughs> I don't want to get into the, the whole yak grass conversation, Ren, you know, it's a yes. rabbit hole. So uh, Mina says this, and this is when we get kind of the repeated concept for the episode. This is not about friendship. It's about business. And this is why I feel the A and B plot go well together because this theme is cohesive between our A and B plot. They both have the same idea. Explain? Well, the, I mean, so we'll talk more about the B plot uh, in, in a little bit, but generally, I mean, Sophie's throwing a slumber party, but it's not about having a good time with her friends. It's about making one, one person enjoy being there. So it's not, it's not about friendship. It's about business. All right, so Vince Valentine is kind of like Corey's Tanisha. Yeah, in a way. All right, I see it. Yeah, there's a lot of parallels here. Uh, so they talk through this whole yak thing. Uh, Newt says, you want to add a, young, a hungry yak to our band? Newt's confused. He's baffled. Uh, Corey's like, if he plays keyboard. And that's when Newt says, I know just the yak. Oh, no, he plays bass. Bryce. Mm-hmm. Taking into consideration that this is a universe that has psychics, curses, wishes, and buttons that turn back time. Yeah. Is it reasonable to assume that Newt actually knows a yak that can play bass? I I do think this, and I actually think that he met the yak uh, in the Nanoosh episode. <laughs> I think that after the events of that episode, because Mina and Corey had a whole moment outside uh, alone... Newt was nowhere to be seen. I bet you that's when Newt was bonding with the yak that plays bass. Good point. Part of Nanusha's band. I think it all meshes well together. Uh, that's our the the button for the opening credits. Is that a good button? The yak line? No. Yeah. No, it didn't do much for me. It felt like a sharp cut as well. Like there was there almost was more to the scene. And they said, eh, this button's fine enough. We get a lot of those, though. Yeah. So it also could have just been Corey in the house doing its thing. I never like the yak jokes. They're not funny, and it just happens over and over, Ren. Um, they, they don't even awesome. care to add variety to it. Like, Mina in general tends to be the same joke. She Like, that's not an issue she had this episode, but mm-hmm. in general. Yeah. Well, because I, I don't think that there is any other dimensions to the character of uh, other of being, you know, the other, which we, we've talked talked to great love. lengths about, and then the love interest. I feel like that's it. That's all that they give her. Yeah, they don't give Mina much credit this episode, and she brings up some good points about Stickler. Uh, yeah, yeah, they they really shut her shut her out of the conversation. Um. So for the credits, Ren, I want to talk about, uh, we, we do have a couple of guest star options this episode, um, but I wanted to talk about, because we didn't talk about her the first time, uh, but Vanessa, the host of DC Beat, the music TV show comes back. Yeah. You really liked her the first time. Was she as good this time? I didn't feel it, but I did like that little segment. Yeah. Yeah, it was, it was a good little segment. I'm excited to talk about her, her role in it uh so a little bit about her Mm -hmm. uh so her name is chanel workman and she is uh 
actually known, and this is probably where you know her as, um, the voice actress of Karen uh, from the video game Dino Crisis 3. No way, no way, no way. Yeah, I, I assume, have you played through Dino Crisis 3, Ren? I haven't, but I actually want to play the Dino Crisis games pretty soon. It's funny you bring that up. I've been looking them up. So the, there's a whole series. Do you know much about the series? I do. It's a survival horror series by Capcom Capcom, mm-hmm. in the same vein as the early Resident Evil games. Yes. Yeah, and uh, the game, it takes place, it's on a space station, and there's mutations created from DNA extracted from various dinosaur species. So they're not even... It's kind of like where Jurassic World is currently going with its series. It's not the dinosaurs that are the threat. It's the DNA mutations of dinosaurs. Do you have any other thoughts on Dino Crisis 3? Uh, that sounds very similar to Resident Evil in that the zombies aren't the real threat. It's the zombie mutation, stuff mm-hmm. like that. Uh, what do you, if you had to guess, what is its Metacritic score? Uh, in the 60s. Oh, that's cool. 51 out of 100. 51. Damn, I was too, I was being too generous. Yeah. I know that that I know that Dino Crisis 3 like killed the series. Yeah. Capcom uh, did not go back to revisit. And that was the one that she was in. She was only in Dino Crisis 3. So did she kill Dino Crisis? I don't think we can say it's her fault necessarily. Okay. You don't have to say it. Uh, she was also um Appeared with fellow soap actress Eden Regal in the Broadway production of Les Mis. Nice. So she's been a superstar there. And uh, otherwise, it's really been like bit part. She was, I, I think, a pretty big soap star being in um, One Life to Live and The Bold and Beautiful. I mean, at the end of the day, you just can't shake that Dino Crisis 3 reputation. Yeah, it's. I feel like it follows her around Hollywood, and after, after she tanked Dino Crisis, the whole series, people were afraid to hire her. They didn't want to have her tank yet another vital series to the U.S. Uh, yeah, there's not much to her, but I do like her in here and Corey in the house. She's fun. Mm. She has a lot of energy. Yeah, she does. So. Uh, and she sells it. Like, I, I would believe that she really does host a music show. Yeah, I would believe that that would be a real show at, like, mm-hmm. 11 p.m. I mean, 11 a.m. No one reasonably <laughs> dare to watch it. Mm-hmm. Just, uh, you know, when Corey isn't feeling well, t- tunes in, watches it. Uh, so we, we cut back into the episode, Ren. Uh, Corey and the DC3, they are auditioning for a keyboard player. Corey's the only one who has a chair. Newton and Mina are standing behind him. Did you notice this? I did not, but uh, it makes sense. He is the king of DC3. He's so... Uh, I, like, there's also there's other chairs around, which is the best part. So I feel like N- Newton and Mina went to have a seat and Corey was like, what do you think you're doing? No. Maybe Newt and Mina don't see Corey as an equal and they want to stand above him so that uh, the one player recognizes that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so Corey has this chair. He's sitting there. Uh, they are auditioning folks. Uh, we see Gladys play chopsticks on the piano with actual chopsticks. Was this impressive? Would this have gotten a lot of views on YouTube in 2008? No. 
Mm-mm. I don't think I don't think so. Yeah, uh, I actually I, I also didn't like that Corey said the joke. I wish that they had just left her auditioning with that, and then Corey had just said something like, "Oh, this was like oh like I'm not impressed, Gladys. Next, whatever." I didn't you like that. Some, you lose some. Yeah, I didn't like that he called it out. That he was like, "Oh, Gladys, like I see what you did playing chopsticks with chopsticks." You know, leave like something to the viewer. Uh, who else to audition but Stickler? He comes in. Corey ruins his dramatic entrance. Stickler uh, is going to play. And Corey's like, oh, I want a little bit of a laugh here. Right? And he jams out. And then the DC3 talk about whether or not he should be allowed into the band. Should he? Should Stickler be allowed into this band? Um, well, the DC3, they all have kind of different ideas, right? Um, Newt thinks that Stickler is guilty of being awesome. That's right. Newt is all on board with Stickler. Yeah, he's like, we need him. We need that that man in our band. He Mina wants the stick man. Mm-hmm. What does Mina think, Red? Uh, well, Mina, after suffering, let's see, at least 17 weeks of harassment yeah. from Stickler, <laughs> makes a good point that he is very creepy. Yeah. And that he should not be in the band. Yeah, They're that's not, right. He's not their friend. It'll ruin Mina's enjoyment of being in the band if they allow Stickler in. And uh, that's what Corey reminds us. You know what, Mina? This is business. Right? It's it's all business. It's not about friendship right now. And he can straight up play. So it doesn't matter what Mina feels. It doesn't matter that Mina actively says that she is uncomfortable with him being in the band. What but. matters most is that Stickler plays those keyboards. <laughs> I I don't think the DC3 needed a, a keyboard player. I actually think a grand piano would work very nicely with their sound. <laughs> so you think it's uh, the, the keyboard, the instrument that they chose is the issue. They should have maybe had the grand piano instead. The keyboard is tacky. That You need something more... Vogue. Do rock bands have rock like there's no rock bands that have like grand piano players, right? How do you move that thing around from set to set? Good point. Maybe like a cellist instead, like Yo Yo Ma. Mm-hmm. Something that's more manageable. Yo Yo Ma performed at the White House once, so Huh. Do you think yeah, Cory did Corey get him there based on uh his email? Hey, maybe that's a season two episode waiting to happen. I can't wait. Yo-Yo Ma was also an Arthur. That's right. He was. That's how I learned about him. Yeah, me too. I thought it was uh, him and Michelle Kwan were both mm-hmm. on Arthur. thought they were great. great. I still think they're great. Um, all right. Stickler, he's in the band. And he says to himself, play it cool, Stickman. Don't scream like a girl. And what is he? Shrieks. He shrieks. Red. I thought this actually made me laugh. Me too. Fair bit. The way he shrieks, just like it isn't the classic like high high pitched uh, scream we see in TV shows, but it was it was like a shriek. It was pretty funny. 
It's a little aggressive, too. Yeah. And also, if you're Corey Newton Mina, you tell him he's in the band. He stares for a second and then all of a sudden just shrieks. And I think that, to me, is what like made it just right. What did you think about his internal monologue throughout the episode? Uh, it was strange. It makes me think that this was a Stickman-centric episode. <laughs> it's really weird. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I almost feel like they established it early on with this this screaming joke so we could then be more comfortable with hearing his internal monologue throughout i agree but it's still like a very strange way to frame the episode yeah and it's odd to hear his thoughts too of all like of all the characters stickler in the house (laughs) so he uh he lets out this this scream and then he responds back with a deep voice, thank you. And when you get led into a band, what else do you do but give everyone metal bands to represent the band? Silver bands. Mm-hmm. Really cool. Here are some silver bands that you can wear on your arm. They look uncomfortable. Corey loved his. Yeah, he did. He was like, I'm not usually into man jewelry, but this? Yeah, he was really into it. And he shouldn't have been, because that's when we learn through Stickler's inner monologue that it is a CIA rhythm destabilizer. Stickler does it again. Mm -hmm. And uh, so how is, my question is like, how is this item useful for the CIA? Like, why would the CIA develop a rhythm destabilizer? They bet money against you, yo ma, in concert. And <laughs> the destabilizer on them to fuck them up. <laughs> and then they collect their winnings. So in the Coryverse, your yo ma has fallen? In the Coryverse, uh, gambling has reached a point in the United States uh-huh. where you can gamble on an artist's performance. Okay. In the Thunderdome, which yo- where yo yo ma regularly plays because he has fallen. <laughs> I imagine it being uh, like a, uh, a very like Mad Max esque <laughs> setting of just like people in like uh, like skull crossbones, Sandy, Yo Yo Ma in the center. That's wearing... what everything outside of San Francisco and Washington DC looks <laughs> like. Tori in the house. Ravens made it big in her post-apocalyptic uh, fashion wear. She's no Jet Jackson. <laughs> So that's, and yeah, that's how the CIA has used it to profit, of course. And so Stickler, uh, he's going to use it to get Corey out of the band. And then as he thinks this to himself, he then begins to laugh creepily in a corner. And Mina again acknowledges that this is creepy. (laughs) (sighs) Didn't someone last week like laugh creepily as well? Last week was loaded. Yeah. Huh. Uh, all right. We're on to the birthday party. Uh, the, not the birthday party. The slumber party. That's right. Operation Sophie's First White House Slumber Party. Uh, actually, Ren, we're going to change the name and call it Operation Make Sure Tanisha Loves My Party. Will Samantha Samuels be there? Uh, you know that she's going to be the staff member put in charge because let's be real. President Martinez has two staff members to choose from Victor and Samantha Samuels. Uh, we do see a uh, secret servant service agent later on. Okay. So maybe, that, yeah. Okay. Maybe he new hire. 
intern. Yeah. He's unpaid intern screening Sophie's. Oh, yeah. Uh, they were using metal detectors uh, as they walked into Sophie's bedroom. My question here is uh, why they didn't use it when they were coming into the White House, into the building. I think this just proves that they don't have metal detectors in the White no. House. It's a very unsecure building. I mean, the juicer just waltzed right in. Yeah. Uh, and Corey seemingly has a back door. So um, we're, we're kind of jumping ahead with, with that. Uh, yeah. In this, uh, this scene... We have what we were saying. Uh, Sophie's going to throw a slumber party. Her goal is to make sure Tanisha likes it. Um, and Martinez, uh, Victor asks who Tanisha is. Martinez doesn't like Tanisha. Uh, but this is the girl who threw a bike party, Ren. Yeah. How hard can it be to impress a girl who throws a bike party? She's going to the White House. A sleepover at the White House. It's is, like That in itself is impressive. Should be cool enough. Uh, but apparently Tanisha's bike party, which you and I had differing ideas about what that was, uh, was, was cooler than this. Um, Samantha Samuel, she's put in charge and um, she's like, yep, there's no one's uh, she's put in charge because there's no one more serious than her. It's a serious task. And then we get a, a jump cut of her jumping on the bed and screaming about going to a slumber party. Eh. Rice. Was Samantha Samuel's behavior this episode inappropriate? Very, it was very inappropriate, Ren. I'm so excited to get there. Yeah, we're, we're so close. We're so close. We have a, a quick Corey scene in between because um, this is when we learn that Corey has lost his rhythm because Stickler asks for a beat. They're at a, a band practice. Corey uh, can't because his bracelet gets activated. So he, Corey, like aggressively bangs his drumsticks together. Mm. Not he's only does Corey get his bracelet activated, his eyes glow. That's <laughs> a CG. Yeah, uh, there is an electric current flowing through Corey through this episode. Uh, he's a disaster without his rhythm. He's so violent. He is. He Kyle like, Massey looked like he was in actual pain at a few points. Yeah, he's he's like banging the drumsticks aggressively, slamming down on the drums. Uh, he so they try to play the song they can't Corey stops them um because you know uh something's off and newt's like it's it's you dude um and that's when the show must go on Corey has lost his rhythm stickman has Corey's rhythms like pre-recorded on his keyboard so they they realize they don't need Corey, and they kick Corey out because it's business it's not about friendship right now um all right and now we get cory in the kitchen after this happens ren and you texted me about this so i anticipate that you were excited to discuss cory losing his rhythm not only does he lose his drum skills but he loses a very valuable skill of his as well as he tells victor to quote cory daddy I can't even dance anymore. (laughs) (laughs) What is Corey without his dance moves? The fabs. Gone. Absolutely gone. The Sophie shuffle, gone. He's so stiff and rough. Mm -hmm. His body moves like he's in excruciating, like every part of him burns. Yes, he's in physical pain. Uh, 
And of course, President Martinez walks in to see that he is dancing poorly. And that, that's kind of the joke of the scene is that Corey is not feeling well. He's going to go lie down, try to get his rhythm back. He, he can't figure out what's wrong with him. <sighs> yeah, his dancing in this in that scene was, was very strange, Ren. But for once, it makes sense in the context of the scene. Yeah. Yep. So the sleepover. Here we are, Ren. Part one of the sleepover. Um, Samantha and Sophie, they're ready. And Wait, Samantha's... Before yeah. we get into this, mm-hmm. in a realistic setting, yes, like assuming that Samantha Samuels is a rational adult, mm-hmm. her role here would be to chaperone the kids, make sure no one got hurt, make sure everyone went to bed, and then just kind of went on her way. She should check in every 30 minutes, Max. Yeah. I believe that there's also a Secret Service agent at the door. Yeah, there is. Monitoring the whole time. Um, that's what she should be doing. That's what any rational adult should do at a sleepover. I mean, even 30 minutes seems overbearing, but it is the president's daughter, and she was placed on this duty, so, like, that seems fine. Uh, what does she do instead? She gets into her pajamas and stays. She definitely stays uh, Sophie's friends all arrive from school. We get to see the girl who told Sophie that she's not Bahavian and that uh, she's speaking funny. <laughs> so she's back in this episode. And I was so thrilled to have her back, Red. And um, Tanisha comes in. Samantha yells in her face immediately about how excited she is. Yeah, and Tanisha looks in- extremely <laughs> uncomfortable. I don't blame her because Samantha's bit is also in this episode. She uh, gets down on her knees and like walks around on her knees at children level <laughs> instead of standing up. Is she mentally reverting throughout the night? I I honestly think that that's happening. I mean, we learn of some backstory later on for what could be triggering this, but oh, it's uncomfortable. She. She really, really loses herself in this sleepover. We're not even at the worst part yet. No, Tanisha says to Sophie, what's up with the, I believe the word is Kopsky, old lady. <laughs> I, I uh, Even the caption said uh, that it was uh, not discernible. So I don't know what word Tanisha uses, but. I, I don't think it's crotchety, no. No, it's uh, it, the word sounded like Kopsky. I, I have no clue what the, what the word actually was. Cockney. <laughs> oh, what? No, it's not. Oi, Sophie! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that's what Tanisha's concern was about Samantha. What's up with, with this Cockney old lady? Um, And yeah, and then Sophie's friend approaches her and she says, why are you speaking in the Cockney accent? <laughs> You're not Cockney. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you're from north dakota whatever she says Jeez. um so some yeah samantha's crawling on the ground samantha also then shares a scary story with the group now that they're all together the scary story read social security is going to run out before any of you reach retirement age that stressed me out yeah that was a, it was a joke for the the parents in the room right disney likes to 
make sure that their content is for adults and kids. Thank you, Corey and the house writers. Yeah, truly <laughs> really a blessing. I'm glad that they throw those things in to keep me, keep me glued to the television. All right. Um, Ren, there's a dream sequence in this next scene. We see Corey, he has taken his nap, watching TV to get his mind off of, you know, him not having his, his rhythm. And I'm going to leave it to you, Ren, because you are our dream sequence extraordinaire to describe what this dream sequence entails of. So I thought this dream sequence was interesting because you don't realize right away it's a dream sequence. No. So smash cut to Corey Baxter on his couch in his living room. He's all bundled up, warm, cozy, watching television, watching behind the band. And then they start discussing DC3 and the downfall of one Maury Baxter, the guy who lost his talent. We transition to Corey uh, banging drums in the streets like a homeless man as Newt, Mina, and Stickler, all having new makeovers, come out of the, you know, concerto hall where they just finished their session. Mm-hmm. And Corey confronts them. He has no electricity. He's broken, sad, lost everything. But the stick man is in charge and he says, no, Corey. Yeah. I like the Stickler's mohawk and Newt's spiky hair. So uh, my my thought on this is I noticed when Stickler was playing keyboard in the first scene that his hair looked very long, a lot longer than yeah. it usually was. And my theory is that they had the actor grow his hair out just for this. That's why he wasn't in a few episodes. They wanted to wait for the <laughs> reveal. Yeah. Yeah, they, they had him sit out on the sidelines for a little bit to grow, grow his hair till he was ready for the mohawk. Um, yeah, Corey, Corey drumming with no rhythm. So here's where I'm at, Ren. Why is it that this was... So if, if Corey is, you know, looking for something to, to do to try to make a little bit of extra money... Um, why is it, if he knows for a fact that he doesn't have rhythm, why is he still trying to play the drums to get money? Because it's all he knows, Bryce. Yeah. And his dad, Victor, paid a lot for his drum lessons, right? So, trying to put him to good use. I mean, in this scenario, presumably Corey kills Victor in one of his <laughs> rages. <laughs> He's never been able to stop. Yeah, th- uh, what do you think about this dream sequence overall? It... I liked getting a sense of Corey's insecurities. Yes. Without his rhythm, he's nothing. (laughs) And it shows that he is genuinely worried about being kicked out of the band. He cares about DC3. He doesn't want to lose his friends. Nope. Or the fame and fortune that could potentially come along with it. I mean, wouldn't you? Yeah. Yeah, you can't blame him. Uh, Corey... Uh, the way that we kind of jump back to him realizing this was a dream sequence is he's now back on the couch screaming, I want to be back in the band. And then he says, I, I got to go to that, like, got to get to the show. He takes off the blanket. We see that he's been in his underwear the whole time. Uh, this is just how Corey walks around in his house. Yeah, I thought that was, because uh, even when I'm not <clears throat> feeling well, I don't usually throw, like t- take off my pants and then throw a blanket on and watch TV. 
that's not but it's i guess you have to look at it like Corey though what if you lived with your dad (laughs) kind of changes things now huh Uh, it it changes nothing. <laughs> uh, so he uh, Corey runs out of the house and then he comes back and he's like, "All right, I gotta gotta get my pants on." Someone screams, "Whoa!" Oh, really? When he opens up the door? Yeah. Oh, I missed that. My subtitles said it, and I also heard something in the distance. Yeah, one of the tourists looking at the the White House. Donna and the tour and the guy and the tour people mm-hmm. saw him. Donna and the, the tour people. No way, no way. Uh, and then we're back. Here we are, finally, Ren. The climax of the slumber party. Samantha is just going ballistic, attacking these little girls. It's too much. <laughs> it, it honestly, it's so inappropriate. That if she didn't appear after this episode, I'm just gonna assume that she was fired. And that's yeah, I, I'm glad you say that, Ren, because I think that she is fired on camera in this scene. <laughs> Pretty sure she is. Did she? We cut to her at the slumber party. Now, ass, like assaulting children with her pillow, like smacking them all to the ground. They're all falling. Um, she then screams who wants a makeover jumps on the bed points and shouts at a child you braid my hair i'll go get the beads and she storms out of the room what do you think um i think if you notice that uh samantha samuel's hair is already braided in this scene that it becomes even more concerning than it already is she's shouting at children and clearly going through something here. She wants more. <laughs> Bryce, it's worth pointing out uh-huh. that uh, I think this is the this is one of two episodes where Lisa Arch, who plays Samantha Samuels, is credited as Lisa Cushell. <laughs> what? In the credits? Yep. <laughs> this episode in the pilot, she's credited as Lisa Cushell. Uh-huh. Uh, was she, did she decide that is Lisa Arch her, like her acting name, maybe? That's so weird. The first episode on episode 18. Here's the thing. She showed up in 12 episodes of Crank Yankers as Lisa Cushell. And then when she appeared in the TV short Blogland, Mm -hmm. she was credited as Lisa Cushell Arch. Then the next thing she does is Corey in the house as Lisa Cushell. Yeah. And she goes by Lisa Arch up until... Ain't, I ain't I ain't got rhythm where she starts going by Lisa Cushell again. Rent, I'm gonna I'm gonna say that we watched her have a mental break live on camera here. I can only assume. And the name the the back and forth with the last name is maybe something that's associated with it. I'm not sure. But she's aggressive here. She's scary. Children right. are crying. I think and- I got. It's like a Dr. Hyde and Mr. Jekyll situation. Yes. That's that's incredibly possible. Is that 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 is what this is. She is uh which which is so I'm going to say based on the pilot in this, I'm going to say this is uh, Lisa what is it? Cushell? Yeah. Yeah, that's the Hyde. <laughs> uh 
And then Dr. Jekyll, I think, is is the rest of the time that we've seen her. Um, so she's out of the room. Tanisha has an announcement. Her announcement is worst slumber. This is the worst slumber party ever, Sophie. And now we're all against you. I loved this line. I also wrote that line down verbatim. That's not how that works. <laughs> that isn't how that works. You can't just, this is the worst. Now we are all against you. I remember when you would host sleepovers in college and we would all turn on you if you yeah. did anything wrong. This this is the, the worst lull sleepy ever. And now we are all against you. To be fair, if you brought like your aunt who none of us had ever met. Yeah. <laughs> and then she, she started berating you all with pillows and then points jumped up and shouted and pointed at like jill for example like you braid my hair ah yeah it's not unreasonable for these children to want this older woman to leave the sleep um and that's when she comes back in she has her her beads and sophie's like i gotta talk to you and samantha's like "Ooh, secrets uh, and this is when I believe we see the live on firing camera of one Lisa Arch slash Cashel, in which <laughs> Sophie says to her, Samantha, you're going to have to leave. Right? She's gone. She's fired. It's over. This isn't working anymore. No. And I, I feel she decided to refuse to leave the set. And so that's when she made up a tragic backstory about uh, some girl named Mallory Foldfar. Uh, who turned on her at her own slumber party when she was a kid and that she bought the beads for the slumber party and everything. Uh, these are the same beads. I'm sorry, is it pathetic, Ren? Yeah, extremely. That Samantha has the same beads from that she got when she was a child. Like, Samantha Samuels, this Mallory girl, was clearly just, like, crank-yanking Samantha. <laughs> takes it the wrong way, holds on to these beads forever, and now she sees that Sophie's about to have a slumber party, and she seizes the opportunity to destroy it. I can't get over you saying crank yanking. <laughs> is, that... <laughs> uh, is, that, uh, is that officially canon in the, the Brace and Wren podcast of ours? We yes. Gotta... Okay, maybe we'll watch an episode of Lisa Arch's cra- what's it called? Crank Yankers? It's called Crank Yankers. What even? We'll have to watch it sometime. So, so we fully understand the transformation of, of Caterpillar to Butterfly here. <laughs> um, Sophie feels bad for her. Um, I mean, again, who wouldn't feel bad for her? Yeah, so, so we see her just wanting to experience the sleepover. And Sophie says, yes, you can stay. And if you want to stay, it'd be cool. Tanisha, uh, like if you all want to stay, she says to her friends, it'd be cool. And that's when Tanisha, she doesn't have anyone following her uh, to leave. Tanisha's like, I'm, I'm leaving. No one follows her. Sophie says, Tanisha, stay. And then um, it ends on a happy note. Well, Ren- yeah, they all beat her to death with pillows. <laughs> uh- <laughs> <laughs> Ren, do you like pillow fights? I do. They're fun. <laughs> Yeah, I, I was trying to think. As a child, I don't know if I ever... I mean, like, we would have something called Beanie Baby Wars where we would make forts and then chuck Beanie Babies across at each other, like, from the separate forts. That was fun. That sounds fun, Bryce. And uh, it was ruined because 
people would always get hurt and then my parents would like the person who'd get hurt would always run and tell like my parents and then my parents would put an end to it that is exactly like how in fourth grade this mm-hmm. one kid got beyblade banned for everyone just because one one went flying into his eye and cut him <laughs> you know, it just takes one dumb kid to ruin everything huh what one beyblade can change one, everything one beyblade I know. Well, because imagine if that kid never got the Beyblade in his eye. Beyblades would probably be as big as they they were at the time. This kid has a lot of Japanese men to apologize to. Um. All right. So Alexander, this is the next scene of Alexander of the library. He's back, better than ever, uh, to introduce the DC three. He yells at Sebastian because he's blend. Sebastian is blending while he's on the stage. Um. Everyone gives their snap applause, and then Alexander says that they're somewhat proud to present DC three. Uh, so, uh, what is it? What's his name? Valentine. Victor. It's Vince not Victor. Valentine. Vince Valentine. And it was a V. It's a very derivative of Vincent Valentine from Final Fantasy seven. Do you think that it's a direct reference? I feel like it has to be. Yeah. Uh, th- there's no other no other way. He is in the audience, and. Is this scene, Ren, is this our boomer moment? Is this our Corey on the ceiling in his underwear moment? Does it meet that? I feel like that the answer there depends on how much you respond to comedy where someone else is hitting, where someone is hitting things. Whether that be people or other things. I felt that this was a high point. <laughs> I, I feel like it builds to a good high point. Yes. Uh, we see uh, Corey runs in as DC3 is about to go on. And they're like, dude, like, you're back. Did you get your rhythm back? And Corey's like, no, but like, I'm going to try. Is this and- brave or uh, is he just dooming his friends? I think just dooming his friends because things would have been fine had Corey not shown up. But he insists on showing up. And, you know, things uh, don't really work out because Stickman wasn't planning on Corey being here. So he's like, oh, I better shut off the destabilizer so I don't get embarrassed. And that's when uh, it breaks. <laughs> Corey gets... Uh, he gets Another uh, jolt of lightning. <laughs> he gets shocked. He does this thing where he, he still can't count rhythm. So he tries like the one, two, three, four. He still can't do it. And he then starts playing and does like a drum solo. They start singing the song, but they stop. Corey then bangs the drum so hard that they break. He sh- shreds the drums. <laughs> he like throttles the kid. He breaks it apart. Yeah. The whole kid is, is gone. Uh, drums aren't cheap, right? So that's that's a good amount of money. And then he he screams, I'm out of control. And then he he stands up. Uh, he, he throws didn't stand. <laughs> he stands up. He throws the drumsticks. Well, sorry, first he plays Newt's guitar. And Newt's like, dude, what the heck? And kind of pushes him. That's when Koi throws the drumsticks and it sticks Alexander to the wall. Uh, Alexander cries out for Sebastian to help him. Uh, well, Corey then, uh, he goes and he's then smashing up like 
people's food on tables and he plays the keyboard for a little bit and then he starts banging on Mr. Valentine's head and he's like nice to meet you nice to meet you I'm so sorry and Valentine is not having it oh he doesn't just beat on Valentine's head he throws the drumsticks at Alexander and pins him to the wall I said that you did yeah yeah and so he throws it and pins it to the wall because then Alexander cries out for Sebastian oh I blacked out (laughs) that's okay that's okay yeah so uh Corey creates an absolute mess of this place he assaults multiple people vince valentine's gonna sue the white house right like Corey used a white house he, email he to get him there and then he him. assaulted him i'm sure vince valentine is highly regretting showing up to this alexander can also sue right alexander can definitely sue but i have no doubts that they will be back playing the library in an episode or two maybe Corey gets him into the white house and that's how he eases things over yeah yeah, Let's like, hey, I, I can introduce you to the president. Um, all right. Uh, Corey says that he feels like someone was controlling him. And Stickman is like, no, nah, dude, you ruined this. I want to kick you out of the band. Corey's like, I understand. It's just business. But they uh, they don't want to kick him out. They want to kick Stickler out for trying to kick Corey out. Um, which I think is goofy because they effectively already kicked Corey out of the band in this episode. They yeah, were going to do the whole thing without him. <laughs> yeah. So I, I don't understand why they take this stance all of a sudden. Where it comes from. Um, and, you know, they have the mentality of if we fail, we fail together, which is silly because that's not what they were believing in a few moments ago. But, you know, uh, Corey's thankful for them he gives the bracelet back to stick man and that's when his rhythm comes back all of a sudden immediately mm-hmm. mina catches on because she's used to to sussing out uh stick man's plans property of the cia it says on the bracelet and they chase uh chase him out stick man out of the of the place after stick man tries to use a instant smoke shield and it doesn't work that's that. That's the the big scene. The big finish. Mm-hmm. Are you glad Corey got his rhythm back? Bryce? Mm-hmm. I frankly don't care. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I was going to then follow it up by asking if you were worried he'd never get it back. But that answer tells us everything. Yeah. Corey without his rhythm. Is that a Corey that we want to watch? Frankly, yes, because it would mean maybe less plots about music in the right. band what's your issue with dc3 i don't like dc3 i think it's boring i don't think that it's cory at his best and i don't care if the band stays together or gets successful <laughs> it doesn't matter to me i have no investment in dc3 <laughs> that's why that's why i'm so down on it i have no reason to care if cory's band gets big because even if it does get big next episode it's going to be the same. We could see some real continuity in these next... Uh... God, how many episodes do we have left? Uh, if we're on 18, we have, I think, 16 left. Wow. It's quick math. Yeah. So we get a, a end button scene as the credits roll, as we always do. Uh, Tanisha and Sophie take whip, uh, Not whipped cream. Shaving cream. 
put it on a sleeping Samantha Samuels hand, tickle her. Samantha Samuels gets it on her face. Tanisha and Sophie uh, are happy that they're friends. Very restrained. It, would you ever get, uh, if you got shaving cream in your eye, is that going to sting? Is that going to stick or sting? Sting. Stick or sting? Sting. 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 Like the guy, like the front man for the police. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I always think about that in this prank. She doesn't get in her eye in this scene, but like that could go really wrong. They should have put hot sauce on her hand. <laughs> that could. <laughs> yeah. Oh, maybe instead of shaving cream, they put like a mm-hmm. Gillette razor or something in her hand. That's awful. <laughs> like, well, they can put shaving the... cream on her face first. So that way when she oh. rub, rub, rubs it over her face. Yes. Also get a clean shave. Yeah, they, they're help, helping her out. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to think like, uh, like crushed up Pringles. That'd be bad to get because they're salty. Yeah. Like you, you get, get ants on you if you're on the first floor. Mm-hmm. Oh, maybe or... put ants on her. On her hand, and then yeah, she like, they no, took first you put peanut butter, then you put ants on ants, and then she touches her face. The ants are on on the peanut butter, and then they say like, "Oh, we made ants on a log," and that's the the scene. Good one. All right, there's a joke there. Yeah, I just think there's more to it than what they did. Endless possibilities, Ren. All right, so that that's the end of the episode. That's what we get. Um, this has got to be the last we see of Samantha Samuels. We see it every single time we see her, but this has got to be it. I feel like it's so fitting and it would be, it's so perfect that it's not going to be it. 13 episodes. Have we seen her in 13 episodes of our 18? <clears throat> she is in New Kid in Town. Yep. Amos quickly run through it. Yep. Everybody love. is she in Everybody Loves Mina? Uh, No. Nope. Uh, she's definitely in We Built This Kitty. That's three. She's in Rock... Uh, she's not in Rock the Vote. She's in Napper's Delight. Yep. She's in Just Desserts. Mm-hmm. Eat the Press. Yep. Air Force One Too Many. Yeah. Oh, we went a few weeks without her, it seems. Yeah. Man, those are a good few weeks. Because she wasn't with us at Mall of Confusion. She wasn't with us at Get Smarter. Not in the And the Weenie Is. Not in No, 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 No. I don't, I bet you she makes it through this season, right? That probably is is reasonable to think about, is that she makes it through the season and then at the end, we don't see her again. That makes sense. At first, I thought she was like a production order holdover from like the first whatever episodes they ordered. Yeah, yeah. But we're so deep in that. She might. I'm hoping she'll just be a seasonal character. I, but I honestly don't see her coming back for the second season. No. Yeah, I, I don't see her in season two. I'll be very, very surprised. Um, Ren, what? Uh, any any roses for this episode? Any things that you really liked? Stickler was, I think, the funniest he's been. Yeah. Yeah. They gave him his his moment in the spotlight. The character of Stickler has actually never been one who of, of all the characters on the show, I think he's actually really well handled. Mm-hmm. So I think, he's yeah, foil for Corey. He is. I, I think that is definitely a good Rose. Um, 
for me, any rose, anything? I mean, I liked that just the Corey losing control of his drumming and just the absolute chaos that ensued at the library. I thought it was fun. Me too. Uh, anything that you'd like to see more of from this episode, bud? You more of. I. It's kind of going off my rose, but I do like the episodes where Stickler does play an active part of the plot. Yeah. So yeah. I, I, I like the dynamic that he brings to the group. And he follows it through when he's not just there for a convenient uh, plot device because of an invention, right? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I wonder if we'll see more Tanisha and Sophie. It's I never expected her expected to see her again, so I'm already surprised. Yeah. Yeah, that now now that they seem to be friendly, I wonder if we'll see her again. Uh, least favorite part of the episode, I think you and I are gonna have the same uh, same thing. Oh, I'm sure. Uh, is it Samantha Samuels uh, and her her aggressive attending of Sophie's slumber party? It is Samantha yeah. Samuels. The thing with Samantha Samuels is she is overused when she's present. Like yeah. I just there's no, there's no proper way to use her because she doesn't have a role. She doesn't have a job in the White House. She is whatever Martinez needs her to be, which is not a character that Corey in the house mm-hmm. necessarily needs. Speaking of Martinez, he was in this episode. Yeah, he like kind of walked <laughs> in and walked out. That was, they gave him nothing to do. We we saw him twice in both cases. It was really brief. And I, I he probably honestly didn't need to be in the episode at all. But I don't know. Con- maybe it was contract things is it normal for a show in its first season to miss this many regular cast members like consistently throughout episodes well yeah i mean because if i assume you were just looking at like the wikipedia list with like when we were going through the episodes there's multiple where just like madison um pettis who 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 plays sophie is Mm -hmm. gone not in it uh we went a few weeks without martinez as well um it's weird but then um victor always present they always give him right i'm I'm pretty sure he's in everything yeah they always give him one thing whether it's like to be wisdom just to be the the joke in a scene he's always there so yeah it is really strange um ren are there any reviews for this episode there are five and i'm going to read them all to you okay I'm going to go in descending order from best to worst. Oh. Allow me to drink a little sip of water. Yep, yep. This review is by Versetti2497. Title, Another Good Episode, 10 out of 10. Mm Mm-hmm. This is another good Corey in the House episode. The reason I like this episode is because this episode has a good plot. Here's a quick summary about this episode. I ain't got rhythm. Corey, Mina, and Newt hold auditions for a pianist, and Stickler is the winner. After he joins, he gives Corey a rhythm destabilizer, which makes him lose his rhythm. When Corey leaves the band, Stickler tries to take over. Can Corey get his rhythm back? Meanwhile, Sophie tries to have the best slumber party to impress Tanisha, but Samantha ruins it because she has never been to a slumber party. So that is why I like this episode. Really good one. Bryce, is this why you like the episode? No. It was actually the least favorite thing about the episode. 
Well, Bryce, maybe you'll agree with this review by Dirk for MVP. Mm. <laughs> they gave it a 9.5 title stickler. Mm-hmm. I hate him. Oh, seriously. In the two different episodes I've seen that have stickler in them, I have been ticked off at him for both. The one where he believes Corey is dating Mina and this one. But anyway, the episode was great. It had an awesome yet silly plot line. And I have no idea how a certain bracelet or whatever could do all that to you. Hmm. I also didn't see why they let Stickler ever join the band, but it was awesome at the end how they busted Stickler and his quote at the end. Let's just pretend there was a lot of smoke. Then he runs away and that was funny. Two thumbs up. Hmm. Like a stream consciousness rant. I don't, they give it a 9.5, but they really don't like Stickler who was prominently featured in the episode. He's a whole 0.5 down. Oh, okay. Feels too high. This uh, next one is by JJ91W. Mm-hmm. They, uh, the title of the review is H, followed by exactly 253 exclamation points. What? They gave the episode a 9.2. That's it. <clears throat> another good episode. This is another good Corey in the House episode. The reason I like this episode is th- is because this episode has a good plot. Oh my, <laughs> he just copy and pasted the other person's review. <laughs> so that's the same one twice? It's a different, it's a different user. They, co- yeah. they plagiarized someone's review. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. Ouch. All right, we're going to move on. I'm not going to read it. All right, all right. <clears throat> wow. <clears throat> VG Freak coming in. Yeah. He said, better than last episode by far. Agreed. He gave it an 8 out of 10. <clears throat> Corey gets a famous agent to check out DC3. They hold auditions for a keyboard player. Stickler happens to be one of them. He is very good, and they decide to give him a chance. He gives them bracelets as gratitude. Corey's bracelet, however, is a CIA gadget that makes him lose rhythm. Mina and Newt want Corey to leave the band. The episode was good. It was much better than last episode. I think that Corey's rhythm problem was pretty funny. I don't remember exactly the end, though. I give this episode an 8 out of 10 from me. Hmm. Don't... Freak's got a bad memory. <laughs> is it possible they watched all of it, like all of the show, and then they went and they wrote the reviews? Well, for the first few episodes, they didn't even watch the show for the <laughs> review. They just tried to remember what happened. Here's our last review for the evening. Yeah, let's hear it. This one's by KM Avatar 92 This was pretty much a pointless episode in the series, <laughs> 6.2. This episode, as I stated above, was pointless in the series. Nothing happened. I felt that this show, when it first came out, was aimed toward the more mature half of Disney viewers. With episodes like this, it's too kiddish to even stand. The idea of a bracelet that disrupts all rhythm is so ridiculous and pointless. Probably the only semi-good thing about this episode was Kyle Massey's horrible drum playing that was supposed to be because of his bracelet, but I also thought that the writers were begging for a laugh by making Corey first blame everyone, thinking it's everyone else's fault and not his. Another thing that bugged me is when Corey was in the kitchen with his dad, and he's sad that he couldn't dance no more. Well, Kyle Massey, if you're making a fool of yourself saying, oh yeah, is what Corey thinks is dancing, then he never could dance well. I agree. (laughs) Want some trivia? Yeah, what trivia uh, is there? Uh, The title is a play off the Tony Bennett song, I Got Rhythm. Okay. That's all you got. 
That's all we got tonight. So, yeah, it's a good little good little tidbit. Good piece of trivia. Really, really glad that someone took the time to type that out and put it on there. <laughs> um, uh, I was gonna ask a question, Ren, but I forget no, what it is. No, so we're, we'll we'll move on. No, um, Martinez was barely here. We did talk about uh, the potential impact of Corey using a White House email address to get a famous agent in front of him, only to smack on his head. So Martinez's rating is going to go down this week, but it's not his fault. It's Corey and Samantha's fault. (laughs) What's going to happen is Vince Valentine is going to sue Corey Mm -hmm. or sue the white house. And he'll have the white house emails as proof of the correspondence. Yep. And Corey physically assaulted him in a, you know, business full of people. Public setting. Yep. So I, I, I agree with that. I think what, yeah, because I mean, you you had Samantha throwing this lover party, being aggressive with the pillow, shouting at children, um, and then being asked to leave, and then telling a story and being allowed to stay. Uh, I, I I do believe that there's a, a very high chance that this is gonna result in some kind of lawsuit. Uh, it's opens up the door for them. Uh, I'm gonna. S- say right now we have president martinez at a 16 i'm gonna say that these lawsuits are gonna bring him down to a five i agree okay things and are then, good for martinez things no uh well it's it's remember it's all about who you surround yourself with ren um and lastly what are we going to rate the episode i am going to i'm torn between like two numbers or whether it was good or not i liked it more than most episodes yeah something about it um especially on my rewatch i really enjoyed it i didn't mind having to rewatch it again do you want me to say a number first to say mine no it's not right we can't break our routine okay okay not how god designed it no of course not. Uh, I will go with a 6.5. 6.5. Okay. Um, Solid episode, you know? Yeah. And I, there's not really any... <sighs> Samantha Samuels' plotline is bad, but in a funny way. Yes, it's exactly. Like so ridiculous that they would even think that this is appropriate. Mm-hmm. So for, for me, uh, I, I'm just looking at what, what else I, I've given. So 7.5 looks... Oh, okay, that's you. 7.5 is your high point. I was like, no, I think I've been a little bit nicer. All right, uh, so my high point is 8.5. To put this into perspective, um, beat the press, and the weenie is... I guess 7.5. Because I definitely... I definitely liked it better than, uh, okay, no, I feel good about that. Um, Cause I definitely liked it better than my sevens, but I didn't like it as much as my eights. Mm-hmm. So I feel good giving it that 7.5. So, um, all right. So Ren, next week we have uh, episode 19, uh, which I'm excited about. There's some lore here. The Kung Fu cat's kid. That's right. Could be good. We, we hear a lot about these Kung Fu cats. 
We do. And I'm excited to actually learn more about them. This is another Rondell Sheridan directed episode. Oh, and the last one he did was Get Smarter, which was, that was a fine episode. Yeah, fine. So, uh, but he's, I think, naturally funny. I expect him to bring a lot to the episode. So, should be good. Uh, Is there anything else that you want to say before we we call it quits? I just want to say that we did it. You know, we made it Mm -hmm. 18 weeks in the quarry in the house. I know. It feels so good. Uh, And every single week is going to feel like that one step closer. So... All right. Well, uh, thank you so much for listening. You can follow us on Facebook and Twitter where we're going to try to be a little bit more active. Uh, And otherwise, uh, I hope that you all have a good rest of your day. All right. Thank you. Have a uh, great ski trip. Grayson Randy Mines and Electric Guitar.